What's up, guys? Welcome to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. This podcast is run by Black Rifle Coffee. What I mean by that is usually the folks that are on it are consuming lots and lots of Black Rifle Coffee. I don't care how you get your Black Rifle Coffee. You can get it from the Black Powder Sticks. It's the instant stuff that kind of gives that other Seattle-based company, which we're not going to mention, but it rhymes with bar trucks. Gives them a run for their money. It's actually better. Uh, if you use one of them, you're a good American. The other one, I don't know, you might be a communist. Um, guys, Black Rifle Coffee is our sponsor. They're our good friends. They are right over here in Salt Lake City. We do a lot of work with them. They're coming out with some amazing stuff, uh, some great articles that are in Free Range American and Coffee or Die Magazine, some amazing racing content. You're going to see our CEO, Mike Lover, doing some racing uh, with some Black Rifle logoed stuff all over him. I mean, you got a good whole bunch of good personalities over at Black Rifle Coffee. Like I said, good Americans. Um, you can decide what kind of Black Rifle Coffee is your favorite. I mean, there's just black, silence or smooth. There's the Flying Elk, which that's my new favorite one, by the way. I kind of like that because it's the light roast. And, you know, I, I don't know. That's how I like starting off my day. But once I get to the office, we've got our K-Cup machine here. And I don't know how many of those Black Rifle Coffee rounds we go through. So please, please check out our good friends over at Black Rifle Coffee. They are uh, at blackriflecoffee.com and you can find them on Instagram. Please, if you're stopping by Salt Lake City, go to their showroom, ask one of them to make you a cup of Black Rifle Coffee. To this day, it's still the strongest cup of coffee I've had. So let's get ready to listen to this podcast. Here we go. Brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. Welcome back to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. And sitting with me today is Kirsten, and Kirsten is the latest full-time instructor for Fieldcraft. She hey is, yeah, in the throes of leaving the police department to yep. come on full-time and run not just the personal security course, but a, but a bunch of other stuff and ideas we have. So we're just going to get to know you today. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Happy to be here. Yeah. And uh, not as nervous as you were earlier on. Not as bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember at the course you talking about you and your rookie cop, as soon as you turn the lights on, on oh. the, the, your, your adrenaline just Adrenaline went. dump <laughs> through the roof. Can't hear anything, can't see anything. All mm. I had to do was turn the lights on and it was over. That's good to know for yeah. police department. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know what kind how, of cop you're getting. <laughs> how long are you a rookie, you think? Like, not, not, like generally, year? Oh, I'd say five. Five years, really? That mm-hmm. long? Okay. I mean, that's what I considered. I mean, you really don't feel super confident and comfortable with things. Mm. I mean, some people might, but they're probably also arrogant. Overconfident, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Not yeah, self-aware. I would say definitely three. Yeah. In the four or five a year, you're a little bit more confident at that okay. point, but yeah. definitely three years. When interacting with the public as as a fairly small female, did you find that they're more aggressive towards you? Um, did, or did you find that, that, that it, it's irrelevant um, Yeah, it just all depends on the person, I think. Uh Male, female, large, mm-hmm. small. It mm-hmm. it just wasn't a matter of if they wanted to take you out or not, you know? Yeah, I was up in New Jersey with the uh, training some uh, New Jersey State Police, and there was a big dude there, like 6'5". 
And I was like, I bet he beats some ass. And, and the other guy who was my size was like, no, because nobody fights him. They yeah. all want to fight me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they it, they definitely want to take advantage of the, the mm -hmm. little guy at times. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. Let, so let's, uh, the whole purpose here is to get to know you. So let's like go back a little bit and just tell me about where you grew up. Um you know, high school, early, early kind of role models, if you had any, and, and kind of why you took the path that you took that led you to this table today. Hmm. There you go. Loaded question. Yeah, Boom. that's a good question. I remember I have a, a piece of paper that I filled out in school when I was five years old. And it said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, a policewoman. So I, I've always had that love for either military or police since I can remember. Mm. I don't know where it comes from. Mm. I don't have a family that does that. Uh, my uncle was a Marine and one, of, I think my grandpa was a cop for five seconds, but it's just something I always wanted to do. Do you think it's, um, everybody thinks it's a service thing, but is it more likely to be, I just don't want to sit behind a desk and have a boring job? Is that, is that where it came from, you think? It's uh, good that you... I think that's definitely part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want... I've always enjoyed a little bit of adrenaline, you yeah. know, all the, the activities I used to do and stuff, but I definitely didn't want to just be still. Yeah. Sean Kirkwood, who works here, he has a, a little plaque in his office that he made when he was a little kid that said he wanted to be a Green Beret. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> it's really cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I need to I need to frame that yeah, that, that piece of paper and hang it up. Do you have it? Yeah. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So um so you want to be a cop since you were five. Mm -hmm. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're leaving. But uh, okay, go ahead. I think I I was always between that or military. I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. I I mean I I also was the cliche, like I wanted to make a difference and mm -hmm. and help people and here I am. Mm -hmm. So as, as you went through high school, big into sports or no? Yes, I played soccer mm -hmm. and that was my... Football, we call it football. Yeah. Where, where I, I mean, from. that's <laughs> honestly like, why don't we call it football? It doesn't make sense. Why mm -hmm. did we have to call it soccer? Like, why is American football football? It doesn't make yeah, any sense. I know. That's the whole... No one can answer you know, that for me either. No, but, I know. Uh, yes, I did that. Got a scholarship uh, to university and then graduated early so that I could go straight into the police academy. Yeah, you bounced around a little bit as a kid too, right? You, yeah. You, yeah. Yep. Just because of your, 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 I assume your father's job mm -hmm. that took you to a couple of different places. Yep. Yeah. We went all over the U.S. from uh, California, Utah, Idaho, South Carolina, Virginia, and then I moved down to North Carolina myself to go to college. Okay, cool. Um, so police academy, first impressions when you got in? Did, was it like, is it like boot camp or in the military where, and boot camp's a Marine term, but like basic training where they're trying to like knock the civvy out of you a little bit? And, and, and Yeah, on a much lower level. My brother was a Marine. Yeah. And uh, I know compared to what he went through, not quite the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they're trying to, they're trying to break some part of you and, and build you into something a little bit better, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, how long is the academy? Six months for Charlotte. Okay. And yeah. that's a little longer, right? Than, than a lot of departments have a short Yeah. Room. BLET in North Carolina is three months, which is basic law enforcement training. And thankfully, Charlotte has the ability to have their own academy and it's six months, which it still could be longer, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we still have to 
really cut down on things, but I don't, I don't even know how you do it three months. That's just not anywhere near enough time, but you can see the results because the, the officer that comes out of our academy versus just some basic BLET is uh, substantially more trained and ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I assume that the three-month thing is like, well, we'll give them the basics and they'll do on-the-job training when they yes. get there, right? Yep. Which <clears throat> it, it, there's always on-the-job training for the rest of your career, mm-hmm. but you need the tools to, to step into the job. I assume yeah. they put rookies with seasoned police officers for a while. Yes, yeah, yeah we are on a like probationary period is mm-hmm. what they call it for a year. Okay, and you're with somebody else. Yes, and after that, are you on your own. Yes, As a, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I always find that, and it's a manning issue and it's a funding issue, right? But it, it just makes it makes more sense to have two police officers together at all times. But it's an unrealistic goal, I assume. Yeah, I think the actual the actual time with the PTO isn't even a year; it's a few months, no. and then you're but you're on a probationary period for a year, but mm-hmm. still you're out there doing your own thing for a while. Sometimes mm. I look back and I think, wow, yeah, how they give me a badge and a gun. <laughs> I was just a little kid. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. Yeah. Um, when I when I graduated basic training in Ireland and I graduated on a Friday and on Sunday I was on duty. I was on the border, the Northern Ireland border, armed with live ammunition. And uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was yeah. like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, crazy. yeah, we learn as we go. Everybody's making it up as they go along. Um, so as you progress through, uh, you, you end up on a SWAT team, right? Mm-hmm. What, what yep. drove you to that? Oh, I knew I, that's, that was my goal. Yeah. I wanted to be a part of the, the top tier for policing, which mm-hmm. for policing, you know, for you guys, it's totally different ball game and I can't even compare, but for us, it would be the, the special weapons and tactics team mm-hmm. and, I knew that's what my goal was, and thankfully, I was able to get under the wing of a mentor of mine, and he he helped me build that skill set to be proficient enough okay. to make the team. So, so when you went in, are they expecting you to have a certain skill set going into your training, or did they they understand that you're coming in as a patrol police officer and they're going to train both? You, yeah. I, you have to be able to shoot a certain level. Uh, you have to be able to think critically because, mm-hmm. it, you know, you can carry 200 pounds on your back and that's great. But can you think under pressure with in a, you know, a split second decision and make the right call? Mm-hmm. That's far more important. Mm-hmm. So uh, we still do. I mean, it doesn't matter male, female, big, small. You still do everything everybody else does and carry the same stuff everybody else mm-hmm. does. But being able to think critically, that's really, that's the important part. Yeah, I, I often find it it, um, it it's so ridiculous when you lower standards for a certain, you know, gender or, yeah. or whatever, because totally it's hard for you to be accepted if you're accepted yeah. under a lower standard, right? It's just Why ridiculous. would you have respect from the guys if you're not doing what they're yeah. doing? And, and most females don't want a different standard, right? right. They, they want to, to prove that they can do it, right? Yeah, so, because we also think that if we can't, we shouldn't be there yeah. because that's a liability and that's an issue safety-wise. And, you know, what if what if we need to be in that role that we can't successfully do, mm-hmm. then why would we want to be there? That's just going to put somebody in a terrible position. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so the, 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 how long was the SWAT school you went to? Uh, it's spread out over time. Oh. There's like the, 
the first week, which they just, you know, try to make your life hell, right? Mm -hmm. And then... Did, did it do like sleep deprivation and, and like a lot of pressure or anything like that? Not, or? not anymore. When we went through, we did a lot more stuff. Um, it's not quite the same anymore, but... I mean, it's still it's still tough. It still works you. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to see what you can do on your worst day? Yeah, it's exactly. Not like, it doesn't really matter what you can do on your best day, mm -hmm. right? When you're well rested and well fed, and yeah, and, yeah. We had we had gone all day, and they are like, "All right, we're done. Go back to your car." So we're packing up our gear, and they come running over. All right, you just got a SWAT call. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And we just you know ran forever and ever, and it was January, I think. And freezing cold. It was actually a time where there was, you know, snow on the ground and mm -hmm. ice. Mm -hmm. And we ran through this creek, which for most of the guys who are huge, it's a creek, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's, you know, their shins, maybe their knees at most. And for me, at one point, I completely disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. one of the guys had to go underwater and find me and pull wow, me back up so yeah. we could keep running. Yeah, so yeah. I yeah. tell you, there's a lot of disadvantages to being short. Hell I, yeah. I, like people were like, oh, when we, we were not in selection, we were doing a log PT. You know, mm -hmm. you have like six or eight guys, you know, lifting yep. these huge logs. And people are like, oh, it's easy for you because you're short. I'm like, it's worse because I want to take my waist. So I'm on my tippy toes right. and extended fingers trying to take my share of the weight. Right. You know, it, yeah. was, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, so, like, obviously, when you go through all that training, it makes your job easier as a police officer, right? Because you're yeah, not full-time sure. SWAT. You're, you're on call, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So you, you probably gained a lot of confidence yeah, it, from the training you got. You know, parents and friends who don't understand the job, they think, oh, you're on the SWAT team. That's so dangerous. And mm -hmm. Actually, like, we're way better off yeah. because we get the time to train and mm -hmm. to work on these tactics, and it prepares us better for even just our basic job. Mm -hmm. It's, it's uh, you know, we're the SWAT team for a reason. We we do the things that need to be done to make it as safe as possible, mm -hmm. whereas a, a patrol guy doesn't get that option. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty tough. Like, um, SWAT teams go into more dangerous situations. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. But you're going into dangerous situation with guys on your left and right who have are well-trained. It's yep. the same in special operations, right? Like you had targets in Iraq and Afghanistan. In SF, you have a more dangerous job, but you're, you have really well-trained, motivated guys left and yeah. right of you. And so, the tools to do it with. Exactly, yeah. That's a, that's a huge <clears throat> one. That's a great point, yeah. Um, so you... you Go through SWAT school. What kind of what kind of missions does SWAT do in the Charlotte area? I'm sure it's the same everywhere, but high risk warrants and stuff like yep. that. Yep, high risk warrants, barricades, hostage situations. Uh, when we had the UNCC active shooter a few years ago, we responded to that. Just that basic stuff. Yeah, the uh, the active shooter thing is a rough one, right? Because we talk about this on the personal security course. Sometimes <clears throat> we'll get to that in a minute, but you know if you're a civilian with a, with a concealed carry permit and there's an active shooter and you go get involved, you're running the risk of getting shot by the police because they're responding and they don't know what's going on. They know somebody mm -hmm. with a gun is running around and uh, you are, you're making their job harder in some cases. And uh, you, you are, I'm sure some of you guys would lay awake at night worrying about that scenario where you respond to something and, and you shoot uh, the good guy just yeah. because he's in the wrong place, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we teach in the personal security course a little bit about how to deal with a situation when the police do show up. You know, it doesn't end if, God forbid, you ever have to press that trigger. 
that's not that it doesn't just it's not like, okay, scene, you know, Mm -hmm. we're still going to have to work through it and deal with the things that come afterward. And this course is really good for giving that uh, understanding to basic citizens who have never experienced it. You know, all the information that they get is from Hollywood, which, you know, (laughs) none of that's right anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a really important part of the course that's super good for Mm -hmm. people to understand, okay, what happens after the shot? Yeah, yeah. So let's let's move towards that. So 12 years of police officer, uh, did a little bit of training with us, ran ran some training for us, and then we kind of, you know, we, we negotiated pulling you from there and giving that up after 12 years, which is difficult, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and uh, coming on board with us full time. So one of the courses that you run right now is personal security, right? And it is it is geared towards citizens who are carrying a gun uh, legally with a concealed carry permit and, and just arming them for a bad situation, arming them mentally for a bad situation that we hope they'll never be in. But um, can you can you walk us through the course, start to finish, where it where, it's, where it kind of sits right now? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing for this course is you don't have to have any kind of firearms experience to perform well in this course. That's not what it's about. Um, you can have absolutely no experience, never uh, shot a weapon before in your life. Or you could actually have some experience prior military and law enforcement we've had in these courses and they still gain something from it. So the purpose of the course is mindset. You know, what does your body do under stress? Talking about, you know, the tunnel vision, the auditory exclusion, things like that. So that when it does happen during the scenarios, you can work through it and figure out what is happening in your body. Now let's, you know, carry on. We've recognized it, dealt with it, moving on. Uh, the second aspect, which is super important, is the law. You know, what can you do? How do you articulate that you are in fear for your life? And and it's we hold everybody to a higher standard than just what does the law say, right? Well, let's also consider taking that extra second and making sure it really is somebody who needs to be shot. What if it's, you know, you you bring up the great example of what if it's your drunk neighbor up the street who happens to be on the wrong door and uh, knocks on that door and comes in. Well, he's just, he thinks he's at his house, right? And uh, to be able to take that extra second and say, okay, am I really in fear for my life right now? Or is this just the drunk neighbor? You don't want to have to deal with seeing his widow the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's an ethical and a moral standpoint as well. You know, we're we're humans and we need to consider the fact that if we ever did have to take a life, that's a huge responsibility. And that that changes you. Yeah. And, and I, I think part of it that we've done is uh, we've talked about threat behavior, situational awareness, avoidance, and, 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 and stuff like that. Because you don't want to go down this road. But it is good to be ready if it, it does happen. And uh, the, the legal portion, I, I, I think we plugged in like 40 minutes for it and it usually goes an hour and a half. Yeah. Because people have a lot of <clears> questions. <throat> and then we show videos of real incidents and we talk about threat behavior and what could be done could be done better. And, and uh, people find it super beneficial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we go into basic carry options, which, you know, different for male and female, obviously, and the liability between those and basic pros and cons of semi-auto versus uh, revolver. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, because, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, right? There's yep. no such thing as always, no such thing as never. And, uh, but a lot of, a lot of people are like, well, you have to do this, you have to do that. <clears throat> you, you do whatever works for you. Exactly. And we, we cover a few other tools like, you know, striking devices and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, then remind me, what's next? Oh, gun safety. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gun safety 101. Uh, if you end up needing, needing a little bit of extra help in that area, we make sure to take care of that. And then uh, close the distance aspect, which is very basic. We're not going to teach you some crazy judo chopping, you mm-hmm. know, that you're never going to actually be able to retain or remember in that that bad situation. Mm-hmm. It's just the basic getting off the X, trying to move laterally, just gaining space enough to be able to get to that whatever that weapon system is that looks for you. Yeah, and, and we use simunition guns for, for this, so you yes. don't have to bring a firearm. Uh, we provide Yeah, please the don't bring a firearm. Yeah, please don't bring a firearm, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we check we check multiple times because, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't want somebody reaching for the wrong gun. Right. But we provide the holster, the glasses, the gun, everything. Yep. Um, and then we go into the scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, the That's scenarios, where you learn. Yes, it That's where really you learn. is. Like, you can sit and learn theory all day long, but when you're in the scenario and you have a split second to make a decision, it really does bring home so many teaching points and you can watch every scenario even if you're not in them mm-hmm. um t- tell me a couple of things you've seen so far that um without giving away all the scenarios that that you yeah. think you 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 you've um like really good teaching points uh i think a huge aspect is people have a little more respect and understanding for police officers yeah <laughs> and mm-hmm. the decisions that we have to make in split second bad situations uh, some of the biggest learning aspects is just how quick someone can gain on you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't have the ability to decide, right? It's the bad guy's action. He's making the decision. Mm-hmm. We have to react to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, reaction is slower. Mm-hmm. That's just science, right? We can't uh, do much to combat that basic, on average, 1.25 seconds. So, mm-hmm. Um, I think helping people realize that they're not uh, weak, mm-hmm. that they feel empowered by the end of it. I think that's something that I truly appreciate the most from the course is seeing these women and men who go into a situation that did not feel confident, didn't think that they could you know, even be a survivor. And then by the end of it, they're like, wow, this is this yeah. is this is a whole new world. I, I, honestly, it's 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 one of the best courses I've seen yet for <clears throat> a student evolving over an eight-hour period, right? Because sometimes we get people in, they're like, they're not sure how to load the gun, and by the end of the day, um, they're, they're snatching a gun out and shooting, clearing a malfunction, yeah. and, and it, it really does. Um, yeah, you really do learn a lot. Yeah, from know? someone who's never touched a weapon, then going into. Uh, a scenario and it ends up having a malfunction and actually does mm-hmm. the tap rack ready drill yeah, yeah. in that. And they've only had a small, um, you know, mm-hmm. minute of training. It's insane. And they do it intuitively, right? It's not like they yep. have to think about it. They're like, oh, boom, boom, no, boom, get it going. They don't even remember that yes. that female that I'm thinking of. She didn't even remember doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's all. Cause that's what it should that's be. That's training. It should be so natural. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, why it's so important to train because when things happen, you're just going to go to mm-hmm. how you've trained. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have one, we're, we're generally running a, a woman's only course initially and then, 
uh, usually the second day, but it doesn't always have to be like that. There's a, a co-ed version <clears throat> mm-hmm. for, for, you know, if you want to come with your spouse or your girlfriend, or if men want to come or women want to come, that's an option on the second day. It's, uh, it's been ever evolving. Um, it's a super fun course to teach. There's always a lot of learning points and, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see where it moves Me from too. here. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about doing a three day course because mm-hmm. you and Megan talked about that earlier on. Yeah, first day would look more in depth on firearms fundamentals. You know, we'd get you more comfortable with the firearm and it would be basic one-on-one stuff. But even if you've had some kind of an experience shooting, I bet you could still learn some things. Uh, there's a lot of things that, unfortunately, most instructors just don't know or don't know to teach because they've never been taught it, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll go into depth with basic firearm fundamentals. Day two will be med, and it's more of just let's let's survive long enough until the first responders get there, right? So we're not going to, you know, do crazy doctor skills or anything like that. It's just tourniquet use, you know, stopping that, that injury from bleeding out, things like that. Mm-hmm. Then third day, we'll be putting it all together in, a, in the personal security course. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. I, I, I'm really looking forward to that. And then, you know, we talked about a couple of specialty courses, like for mm-hmm. real estate agents, for, um, uh, and, and we actually talked earlier on about doing a free seminar here in North Carolina for, for younger women, mm-hmm. like 16, 24, uh, a lot about mindset, um, yeah. situational awareness, uh, avoidance of threats and, and and stuff like that. Not a firearms course, but more of a mindset situational awareness course, right? Yeah, yeah the yeah. best option is avoid it if we can, right? Yeah. Uh, you have 300 times the amount of training I do, and even you're willing to, mm-hmm. hey, if something looks off, like, let's just go to the next place. Mm-hmm. If someone's tailing you, like, just move over and let them go by. Like, let's avoid it altogether because at the end of the day, not only is it, like, obviously... A traumatic situation but it's also a headache it's like, inconvenient yeah it's I'm super not, inconvenient not, you don't want to deal yeah. with that and you also don't want your gun to be taken for however many years it takes mm, to go to court and get yeah, the, yeah. you just yeah, it's I, a I, freaking I nightmare that in the course. somebody tailgates me i'll just move over and let them go yeah i'm not getting an altercation exactly. because that's gonna go it. badly um yeah and, and and you know there was a time when maybe i would hit my brakes but i, I don't do it anymore yeah it's it's uh it's childish yeah and unnecessary totally agree yeah um so we got a lot of things planned moving forward we're gonna get you in front of the podcast mike um and i i, I think there's a gap in the industry in the firearms industry for with <clears throat> women like you and megan who are very experienced and very capable um to be able to guide people in the right direction mm-hmm. with, with questions that they, they they may have problems getting answered by experts, Competence. right? Competence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're we're stoked to have you on board. Welcome to Fieldcraft Survival. Oh, you're stoked. I'm it, stoked. It's a, it's a, a ever evolving company. Yeah. Uh, it might yeah. be completely different tomorrow, but um, for now we've got a great program, and uh, yeah, we're really looking to spread this to around the country without losing that standard. That's your job, yeah. right? Your job yep. is to maintain that standard, to write POIs, to vet and hire instructors, mm-hmm. and uh, just make sure no matter where you go in the country, you get the same high standard of training. Yeah, um, and that's that's what we've talked about uh, with you, Rick, Megan, just saying how 
that's what makes Fieldcraft different, right? We're not about the dollar. Mm-hmm. We are about making sure that the knowledge that we're giving is responsible knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's legal, ethical, moral. And if that means not being able to push it out as many places as we want immediately, then mm-hmm. that's what it's going to take because we're not going to send people that we haven't truly vetted to make sure that they're teaching the information correctly. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's tra- just not training is the, a product. Yeah, and, and you can't not dilute do that. the product just for um, money, right? That's right. not going to happen. We're, we're going to build, but we're going to build slowly, and yeah. and we feel like we're providing a service and some. Absolutely, you know, it's worth the drive, though. Fieldcraft yeah. courses are worth the drive or the flight because when you, no matter where you're getting it from, it's it's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. So. Um, we, we'll try to sit down once a month, maybe, uh, either me and you or you and Megan or somebody, yeah. you know, we, we'll, we'll just chat and, um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Awesome. Kirsten, Thank thanks you. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate right. it. Okay. Till next time. Stay alert. Stay alive. Stay alive.